And now it's time for Frederick County Sports Weekend, a talk around the Frederick sports scene with your host, Steve Nibbs. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm Steve Nibbs, and along with Tim Abercrombie, we'll bring, welcome today's guest, a, Mr. Jamal Davis, who has Tucson Sports Psychotherapy here in Frederick. And Jamal, we certainly are looking forward to chatting with you about the service you provide. Listen, guys, I, I want to uh, greatly uh, tell you that I greatly appreciate this opportunity to talk about this issue, which I definitely think is is very uh, important right now, especially within the sports realm. So I'm interested in getting getting some information out. Okay, very good. So let's let's go back to the beginning here, uh, Jamal. As far as your background and and the educational background and sports background uh, prior to taking this on as a career. Okay, so I am a Maryland licensed psychotherapist with a concentration in sports performance. So I did a couple years uh, graduate school at University of Kansas, and then I finished up uh, at University of Maryland. So go Rock Chalk Jayhawks and go Maryland Terrapins. Uh, I did my undergrad work um, at Coppin State University, uh, where my degree was in English, and I was on a full baseball scholarship. So Born and raised in Baltimore, high school in Baltimore, big athlete, got a chance to play four years Division One college baseball uh, with aspirations to go pro, but it just didn't work out for me. Well, that that's certainly uh, not understandable at times that you have those those dreams. So to kind of tie that in real quick, what when did that this career light bulb go off for you? You know what, it, it probably, I'd say the summer after my, my last season, there were a few pro tryouts, and with, with all transparency, I went to the tryouts, and, and when I looked at my competition, you know, although a part of me wanted to believe that I could be competitive and make a career out of it, um, I'm, I am a true realist, and I said, you know, if I was lucky enough to get a year or two in the league, maybe even independent, uh, independent league baseball, that would be that would be great for me. And and realistically, uh, a job was presented to me that would pay me more money than playing independent league baseball. And I decided to uh, hang up my cleats at that point. Okay, okay. Hey Jamal, uh, I wanted to, you know, kind of talk to you a, a little bit. Like when I when I met you, like within the last three weeks, was the first time we uh-huh. ever met, and we. Uh, discussed your profession and I know as an ex-coach I was kind of like blown away by the perspective that you added to Mm -hmm. it Um, and I could see the value in what you do as far as being a coach how to handle athletes how to handle Uh parents and you know you kind of like come at it from all the different perspectives so uh, with that I want to ask you uh, like what, what prompted you to create Tucson Sports Psychotherapy? Okay, I, that's a great question. So as a therapist with a strong uh, uh, background in athletics, um, I continue to do some coaching, and I just quickly was able to see that there was um, some discourse often between parents, coaches, and the athletes. And coaching uh, at, at a young level uh, it just it just caused me to really assess whether or not the level of support 
that and teaching that we were given these young athletes would be adequate in one making them successful athletes and two preparing them just to be productive members of society so uh, once I, I got some more formalized training and to be honest with you Tim, I actually uh, did uh, a reevaluation of my stint as an athlete. And I remember years ago a coach telling me, I don't know if he told me directly or I overheard him say that I was a nervous athlete. I was a nervous athlete. And, and although I was, you know, a lot of, of accolades in my town, I consider myself a very good ball player, at least good enough to get a full ride. Um, I look back and I realized that, Mentally and emotionally, I was not there. Just thankfully, I had pretty good raw talent, but but my mind was not there. And and it was at that point I knew that, you know, there was a need for something deeper than just skills training, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I understand totally. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, Like when you're working with uh, athletes uh, and teams, what – what are some of the uh, uh, the common challenges that you face dealing with clients and athletes face to face? Okay, that's a, that's a very good good question. So the the type of work I do um, is is there's a two pronged approach, Tim. So often when I get a call from coaches um, or more often parents, they are concerned about the level of play of their of their athlete uh bobby is not shooting uh as well from the free throw line as he had in the previous years uh joe usually bats 400 he's batting 200 he doesn't seem as um motivated or interested in the sport so that is usually um what the the parents or coaches reach out to me for but the other point and, and what my company and the work I do is founded on is that our, our idea is that if the athlete is mentally and emotionally stable and sound and has the skills necessary to regulate emotions, he or she will excel at their specific sport. Um, there is also more uh, um, relaxation techniques performance anxiety these are some of the things that we work on but but all too often tim what we end up uncovering is that there is often a deeper uh a, a mental health challenge there and it's not just related to the sport itself but there is some deep-rooted depression there is some anxiety there is some low self-esteem so we end up doing more just your traditional therapeutic work uh, that we hope will present itself in a healthier individual who performs better on the field or on the court uh, in their respective sports. Jamal, it, it, it's, it's certainly very evident and has been for a few years now. Uh, someone in your field and doing what you're doing has been out there. We, we, we always hear about uh, professional athletes uh, having a trainer and a psychologist with them. And this mm -hmm. has really come to the forefront uh, more and more as the years have gone by. And we saw uh, evidence of a, a superior elite athlete in Simone Biles in the Olympics yes. and what things can happen uh, with the, the emotional well-being of a elite athlete and certainly a, 
it goes down to the college and high school athletes as well. So what are what are the the parents and coaches talking to you about as far as what more can be done? That's that's a very good question. Um, Steve, I, if I can be completely transparent with you, uh, it is great that these things are taking place at the elite levels. You do see the Simone Biles and some of the more elite athletes. Um, we refer to this, at least I refer to it as the trifecta. So we're starting to see it, it, it gain some traction where athletes will come to me and, and traditionally they will have their skill-specific uh, uh, trainer. So if they're a baseball player, they'll have their hitting coach or their, their pitching coach. They will have their personal trainer, uh, which usually covers strength and conditioning and then maybe even some, some diet or nutrition. And then for the longest time, and, and again, it's gaining traction, that they will bring someone like myself in to provide the mental piece. What's very interesting is that, uh, you know, honestly, the, the mental piece is the most important and has been the least utilized in regard to specific training. Um, I am hopeful that, like I said, I have clients that reach out and they're, they, they know a little bit about it. Uh, we see Kobe Bryant use it. We're not sure how it works. But hopefully within the next few years, these, these serious competitive athletes will see the importance of mental training, see it as important as their, their physical uh, you know, their, their strength and conditioning coach and their skill-specific trainer. So we're hoping that that uh, comes into fruition. Uh, what the coaches tell me often is that they hear about it, they know it's a good idea, but honestly, I think the, the issue is that it is, it's not quantifiable, right? So okay. if, if I have high blood pressure, I go to the doctor, they prescribe medicine. I go back two weeks later, they check my blood pressure, and it's normal. They'll say, great job, medication worked, you're all fine. <laughs> right, right? right. So if, if an individual is not performing well or they're saying they're having some mental health struggles, I come in, we talk, well, you know, you may not be able to see these changes, right? So it's usually self-assessment. So the, the athlete will say, you know what, I may not be playing better, but I feel more motivated. I'm more confident in, in my skills. Uh, I, I'm enjoying the game again. And the coaches will say, well, we just, you know, or the, the parent, we just paid this money because we were hoping that Bobby would play a little better. You <laughs> yeah. know, so now Bobby's still 0 for 3 every game <laughs> at the bat, but yep. he's enjoying the game again and he's having fun. So um, that's always going to be the struggle when it comes to parents and coaches giving resources to this. Like I said, the elite athletes, they know it works. They have, you know, uh, um, endless resources to give to it. But when you come to individuals and these, you know, some of the local sports programs, uh, it's needed, but the resources aren't necessarily given to it just yet. Gotcha. Uh, along those lines, Jamal, and uh, talking about coaching, and, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm particularly interested in the coaching aspects, uh, what are some positive traits of a coach who can navigate that balance that's required to ensure that athletes are part of teams or programs that are successful, uh, but also provide a nurturing environment uh, that individuals on a team can come to realize their full potential? What What are some of those traits you look you think coaches need to have? 
That that's a that's a great question. I, I do want to preface my response with, you know, still too often coaches have a tendency to equate wins with being a good coach, right? Yep. So if if they're if they're successful, they're putting up W's. Athletic directors are pleased, coaches are pleased, parents are often pleased. Um, but you know there are a few things that if you look up any list of traits of good coaches, there there's one of the most important, if if probably if not the most important quality or trait that you'll see from a good coach is is he or she knowing himself knowing if there's uh, any type of biases that he or she has, any type of shortcomings, what their, what their strong suits are. So as a therapist, we are always taught, and we have to reassess this often. So probably every couple of months I sit down and, and I do a checklist of myself as a therapist. Has there been anything in my life that has shaped me to think a certain way, to act a certain way, that might not be beneficial in the way I engage others, or it might be beneficial. I do that assessment. It's on paper. It's right in front of me. I take a look at it. So I think the the first trait for a, a good or a successful coach is that they do that self-assessment regularly. You know, they can be the most, they can, they can have undefeated years, four years straight. Doesn't necessarily mean you're a good coach. I, I know too many very good athletes who have been successful that said, I hated my coach for four years, never liked them, hope I never see him again. We put up great numbers, but nobody on the team liked this individual. Um, so so we, we don't want to uh, um, equate wins with being a good coach, but that coach, he or she should do that self-assessment. The second piece is that, you know, he or she must, the, the must really know the athlete as an individual or as intimately as possible. So guys, this is a this is a really big challenge. I've I've spoken to quite a few colleges. I've I'll go and speak to them and, and speak to their athletes. And especially when I look at a football team and I recently met with a, a lacrosse program as well. But the football program, I believe it was forty seven some odd individuals and they're four coaches. And I was doing the math and I said that you know this could this could roughly be 10 individuals per coach right. if you broke it down that way. But what one of the coaches told me is that, and I agreed in some regard, is that we will never, these could be 47 different personalities, 47 different sets of issues. So I want to give my hat, take my hat off to any coaches who are able to get large groups of individuals to come together for a common goal and be successful because I know that it is a challenge. But the individual, the coaches must try their best to know the player, not just individually, but more intimately, right? Mm, right. you got the old school coaches who are in your face. <laughs> well, I, 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 in case in point, I had this scenario, this, this coach, and he's an in-your-face type of coach, but his quarterback has a history of there's some, some verbal abuse, some, some family trauma, so every time this coach is in his face trying to get the best out of his, his quarterback, the quarterback is reminded of these family traumas, right? And due to lack of communication, you know, the quarterback would never go and say, hey, coach, you know, you're one of the most successful coaches out here in Pennsylvania. Uh, I want to let you know that you cannot raise your voice at me due to my family trauma, right? Right. So that doesn't make any sense, right? But if the coach knew 
a little more intimately about this athlete, maybe he or she would change their approach and how they engage the athlete, right? right. So I, I often say, too, it's like a car. You can have this beautiful sports car with all of these little, uh, uh, you know, remotes and buttons, and you just get in, start it up, and you hit the gas and you go. And you love that car, but you don't realize that there are intricacies about this vehicle that can maximize performance. You know, you don't realize if you lift the middle console and push this button here, you'll save fuel because you didn't take the time to really learn about that vehicle. Uh, is that is that something that is reasonable? Is that something that's realistic? I'm not certain. Uh, I've never coached a large team, but in theory, that's what you want to take place. And then lastly, um, you know, a, a good coach will definitely help an athlete realize his or her full potential, right? And that's often done through communication. You have to see what the individual is expecting to get out of this experience. The coach may have a the coach may say, I, I helped you get two championships while you were at my high school for four years. We did a great job. And maybe that athlete wanted to build better relationships with others longer-lasting relationships with others, and never got to do that, never felt truly a part of the team. So there's a disconnect between the expectation of the athlete and the coach. And, you know, again, some people may say, you know, this is, this is a little bit much. You know, you know when, you, when you sign up to play on a team, this is the goal. But these are some of the characteristics that some really good coaches – take some time to try and they give their best effort to do these things indeed jamal we're running low on time unfortunately gotcha. this goes by so quickly so bear as best you can could you give us an idea of what some things are on the horizon uh with uh -huh. this uh, uh with sports psychology and mental performance yeah you know what i think we're heading in a great direction I think uh, platforms like this where the conversations are being had, you know, I do hear coaches say, you know, often sports, uh, you know, sports clinicians make it seem like sports are, you know, are, are definitely harming our, our young folks and our athletes, and, it, and it's not the case. Uh, sports is a microcosm. We all know this for the real world. It is, it is the, the, the closest you get to um, you know, getting an opportunity to see what life is going to be like. You, you, you experience challenges, you build relationships, so it's a great thing. But on the horizon, we hope that more sports clinicians are placed within organizations just to be a soundboard. Um, uh, to finish up, when I met with this large team, I said, you know, how many of you guys, if you were struggling with any type of mental health issue, you know, whether it's anxiety, depression, would go to your coach and say, coach, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I know we have the championship game, but I'm struggling. And none of the guys raised their hand. And the coach felt bad. He said, I would hope that these guys would feel comfortable coming to me. And they won't. They will never do it for several reasons. But if these organizations have uh, individual sports clinicians placed in the organization and they take a proactive approach to these athletes coming to them on a regular basis, just as touch points, I think we'll see some tremendous changes. I couldn't agree more, uh, Jamal, and certainly want to thank you for taking the time with us today. Certainly gave out a great deal of great information, and I hope 
uh, more coaches and, and athletes take advantage of your expertise in this. And again, good luck with, with everything you do. And certainly we're, we're glad that you're here in Frederick County doing the work you're doing. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm Steve Lives along with Tim Abercrombie. We'll see you next week. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. Save five cents a gallon every day at Frederick Shell Car Wash with the Fuel Reward Network and Gold Status. Visit FuelRewards.com to learn more and sign up today. And don't forget, you can also save 20 cents a gallon with every car wash. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A Connoisseur Media Radio Station.